0: This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Teza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks right now.
1: That's right. It's time for Bet L.A. I'm Anita Marks. We welcome you in with you for the next three hours, getting you ready for the week that will be. Uh, we're already, it's already started. Let's be honest. Uh, Eagles up 27, 17 right now against the Texans. We'll dive into that in just a second. Futures bet. I want to, I, I want to, uh, I want to have a discussion with, of course, Tyler and Rebecca are our producers. The three of us are with you for the next three hours. Uh, we've got a jam packed show lined up for you. I'm pretty excited about it. Obviously, since we're here in, uh, in LA, we'll be talking chargers and the Falcons. Good friend of mine, Mark Zeno. Uh, who uh, of course covers the Falcons down there in Atlanta is going to join us. We'll do a deep dive into what's going on with the Falcons. What can we realistically expect with this Chargers team? Uh, they are favored by three. The over under is uh, four. it opened up at 49 and a half. It's down to 46 and a half, Just FYI. Also another good friend of mine, Jenna Lane. I'm not just dropping names. These people truly are my dear friends. Uh, she covers the box does a phenomenal job. What a season she's been having with the whole Tom Brady mess and, and and whatnot. But this is a Bucks team that is favored by three. The line has fluctuated a little bit, minus two and a half, minus three in some places, over-unders at 42 and a half. So for all you Rams fans out there, we'll do a deep dive into what's going on with the Bucks, what we can expect in this rams uh, Bucks game. Uh, also, we've got Fat Jack, professional handicapper. I'm getting used to saying that, uh, to be quite frank. It was very uncomfortable at first, but now... I get it. I understand. Fat Jack. It's all good. Uh, he's going to be joining us. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk college. Big game tomorrow, right? Tennessee and Georgia, one against two. Man, how blessed are we? So we'll dive into that. We'll talk some UCLA as well as USC. Get some plays there. Jimmy Wright from the Elias Sports Bureau will join us as well. And uh, we'll hear from, uh, I think, one of the, one of the best. It's, it's not an exciting slate. I, let's be honest, right? You don't you don't look at the games this week, and you know, and and get too excited. But I'd say one of the best matchups, and anticipating Ryan Tannehill to start, um, and Derek Henry to play, is of course Kansas City going up against Tennessee. And so, uh, Teron Davenport, who covers the Tennessee Titans, and Adam Teicher, who covers the uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, will, will sat down with me on a digital show that I do for ESPN called bet. And, uh, and we had a conversation about that matchup and we're going to play that for you as well. So as you can see a jam packed show, um, we've got action going on right now and it's, it's, it's almost over. And I, am just a, a complete loser tonight. Um, if you heard me on earlier today with uh, Mason and Ireland, I had the Eagles in the first quarter at minus three, I had the Eagles in the second quarter, at minus four, I had the Eagles at the half at minus seven and a half. All losers. I also had the Eagles at over 29 and a half points. Of course. And this is why, uh, listen, Tyler and I were having a discussion before the show started, right, Ty? And I said, uh, odds makers, I feel, are the smartest people in the room.
2: Totally. They are. They have to be.
1: They are the smartest people in the room. Right now, the Eagles 29, the Houston Texans 17. And and, and, And the total... Team total was 29 and a half. So uh, the Texans have one more. T- so where we stand right now, uh, again, 29-17. So Eagles are winning by 12. So you didn't want to lay the 13 and a half. You didn't want to lay the 14 for good reason, right? Keep in mind, coming in, this is an Eagles team, and I shared this earlier today. Uh, w- and this is an Eagles team. They are the best first half team in the NFL. to the best first half team in the NFL. Um, they typically in the first half up by 12 21 points. That's their that's their winning point margin at half is 21 points. Okay? They went in tied with the Texans. Listen, Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton Pep Hamilton is their offensive coordinator. Uh, they, they gave this Eagles team a run for you. And, and I know a lot of people were saying, oh, this is going to be a trap game. This was going to be a trap game. Uh, yeah. Do I believe in trap games? Yes. I, I don't like to use the phrase, but do I believe in them? Yeah, occasionally I do. But nonetheless, just not, not the typical game that we've seen from this Philadelphia Eagles team. That's for sure. Okay. Here's another one for you. This Eagles team was, is the best team in the NFL in the second quarter. They have put up 100, marinating this for a minute. <laughs> You're, I, and, and, and Tyler, Rebecca, I, I, I'd love to hear your reaction to this. The Eagles have put up 126 points in the second quarter alone coming into this game. They have outscored their opponents in the second quarter by 96 points, okay? Do you know coming into this game, the Houston Texans had only scored 116 points in the season?
2: hmm that's tough
1: the Eagles had outscored the Texans in the second quarter alone
2: yeah I mean this Texans team is just abysmal right like anybody that would have entertained the idea of this being a trap game haven't they haven't been watching the last seven weeks of football
1: so call it a trap game no you didn't want to lay the 13 and a half the 14 Well, smart I didn't either but, but I I sure thought for all those reasons. Wait, I'll, I'll I'll even go even further. This now this really now this really puts it in perspective. You ready for this? The Eagles average thirty seven yards per possession. The Texans average twenty six yards per drive.
2: Oh my goodness!
1: Marinating that—that's tough. Okay, I mean, so I, I'm just and I just share this with you just to say. This is why that movie, Any Given Sunday, was produced, and this is why that phrase is out there. Any, any given Sunday, any given Thursday night, and, and I know Thursday nights are, are, are wacky. I get that. I know. I get it. But I thought for sure, Eagles minus three in the first quarter, Eagles minus four in the second quarter, Eagles minus seven and a half at the half, they go in at the half with a margin of plus 21 points, and the Eagles over 29 and a half points. So, uh, 0 for 4 for me tonight. So, and 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 oh, by the way, did not do well in that Cincinnati Cleveland game.
2: Yikes! Did <sighs> so, a- did anybody um, do well in that Cincinnati Cleveland game? I feel like I don't nobody so. turned out for that one.
1: I don't think so. So now I'm I'm really. I'm, w- I'm really swimming in some stuff right now. Now here, here's the positive. <laughs> here's, here's the positive. Let's go through the pos. Let's, let's go through the prop bets uh, because I am a prop queen. I enjoy, I enjoy betting on props. I, l- let me just, and <laughs> I spend copious amounts of time uh, researching and prepping and doing deep dives into matchups. And I love finding this is why I love that we have the Elias Sports Bureau on with us. Like I love finding great nuggets. Like I love finding like little um, hole in the wall trends that 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 play to prop bets. Okay, uh, and and I I've, I've been doing extremely well. In fact, my best bet tonight on Daily Wager. If you did tune in, shameless plug, not so shameless, Monday through Friday. Uh, six to ten Eastern. So, what would that be? Three to four.
2: Three to seven our time.
1: Three, well, no, it's an hour. So, so, so three to four. So, if it's on six to seven Eastern, then it's three to four Pacific. Yes, right? correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Still getting used to that. Um,
2: you never will. I promise. So,
1: no, I'm sure I won't. So, uh, even when I book people for the show, I'm like, do I do I tell them do I tell them Eastern or Pacific? Like. Yeah, anything anyway. that
2: requires math is a no for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, me, me, no. You're right. So um, my best bet tonight was uh, was Philip Dorset. Philip Dorset over. It opened at twenty four and a half receiving yards, and it closed thirty four and a half receiving yards. He was three receptions for sixty nine yards. He had five targets. Uh, big reason why I love that so much is because, you know, we heard about the disgruntled Brandon Cooks coming into this game and Nico Collins is dealing with a groin issue. Philip Dorsett becomes the number one option for, for, for Davis Mills and thinking this team is going to be playing from behind, right? You know, what do you do when you play from behind? You don't run the football. You pass. So loved that my best bet was Philip Dorsett over... Again, it's opened up at 24 and a half. It ended up, I want to say at 36, 34, 36 and a half. Regardless, it covered 69 receiving yards. So there, there, there's that. Uh, but just to bring you up to speed, especially for all you fantasy football freaks out there like me, um, what, uh, what, what did you get from your players? Jalen Hurts, 21 to 27 for 243 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran the ball nine times for 23 yards. Here's the thing. This is, a gr- this is a great night for any average fantasy quarterback, right? But this is a down night for those who have Jalen Hurts based on what he's been able to produce and equivalent to the numbers in the statistics that I gave you in, in regard to just how great the Eagles have been in the first half of games. So, uh, but still serviceable. Miles Sanders going up against one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL with the Houston Texans, carried the ball 17 times, 93 yards, and a touchdown. His over-under rushing yards was 78 and a half. I had the over there, so that hit. Um, Jalen Hurts, I had over one and a half touchdown passes, that hit. So, So there's that. Uh Gainwell, you want to call him a TD Vulture? It's okay. It's a phrase we use in fantasy. It's okay. I know it's hard to swallow, but it happens sometimes. So Gainwell got a, got a touchdown. Uh which you uh, why Gainwell? It should have been Miles Sanders. Yeah, I, I feel for you. Um in regard to the passing game, Dallas Goddard crushed it tonight. Nine targets, eight receptions, a hundred yards, scored a touchdown, his longest of twenty-one. I had no prop bets. On uh, on Dallas Goddard, I'll tell you who I had props on, and that was A.J. Brown. He had six targets, four receptions, 51 yards. He did score a touchdown. I did not win that. His over under reception total was 67 and a half. Ended with 59. So unfortunately, that did not hit. Here's and here's a, here's another nugget for you. Like I said, I always like I like doing the research and like finding the, the good nuggets. Do you know that the running backs for the Philadelphia Eagles are the fourth least targeted position group in the NFL so Miles Sanders is is not a part of the passing game so the over under in his receiving yards was 10 and a half and like maybe 24 hours before the game it dropped to seven and a half and my producers at, at Daily Wager were like do you still want it do you still want that I'm like yeah I want it he's he's not a part of the passing game Seven and a half, ten and a half, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I want it. I want the under. Sure enough, that hit. So that's good. Davis Mills over under 212 and a half passing yards. I took the under, sure enough, it hit. 100. So Davis Mills, not that anybody has them in fantasy. At least I hope you don't. Um, 154 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Damian Pierce, what a beast. Let me tell you something. If you if you drafted Damian Pierce in your fantasy team, come on, we all know like I got him. I have him in. I want to so so if you're just tuning in, I play in 12 fantasy leagues. I know. I know. Don't drive off the side of the road. Understand I've been playing fantasy football since 1988. I was I was a freshman in college and my RA was hosting a fantasy football draft. I had no idea what he was talking about. I had no idea what it was. I wanted to be a part of it and I was. I've been playing since 1988. So um, if you drafted Damian, so I've been in these leagues for, for that long. If you, if you've been, if you drafted Damien Pierce in your fantasy league, God bless you. 20, he carried the ball 27 times, 139 yards. Unbelievable. So, uh, so you, you hit the over there in regard to, uh, rushing yards for him. Like I said, Philip Dorsett, three receptions, 69 yards. And, you know, fantasy-wise, you know, that, that's, that's what you're going to get tonight. So where it stands right now, the Eagles, 29, the Texans, 17. Uh, prop bets covered. The Eagles obviously did not. When we get back, I want to have a discussion with you in regards to do you think that this is an Eagles team that could run the table and go undefeated this season? You could wager on that as a futures bet. Let's open up the phone lines, 877-710-3776. Keep in mind, this division, the NFC East, is the easiest division in the NFL in regard to their strength of schedule, all four teams. I'll share that schedule with you when we get back. We'll take your calls. Also, I'll get you up to speed on what's going on with the World Series. Houston is up right now, 3-1. Two men out, two out. Um, and uh, and, and the, uh, the Houston Astros are, uh, are, are up at bat. So I'll get you up to speed on that as well when we get back. Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is
0: Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by TISA. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with TISA Nutrient Pouches. Visit TISAEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN.
1: Anita Marks with you. Again, it is Bet L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A., 877-710-3776. You want to chime in on the conversation Uh, in regard to this Eagles team uh, possibly going undefeated in the season. Now, you could wager – now, full disclosure – I uh, I put I put this uh, I ran to the window I didn't walk I put this bet in and I got this at eighteen to one two weeks ago. It then dropped down to fifteen to one last week. It's now sitting at ten to one that the Eagles will have a perfect season and go seventeen and zero. Okay, now you could wager that the Eagles are going to have a perfect season and win the Super Bowl at twenty five to one and Tyler and uh, and Rebecca I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts if if you would if you agree with me here now you know little little scary game here against the Texans they went at the half they were all tied up they came out they played a here here's another thing to understand about this uh, Philadelphia team they had heading into tonight's game I want to I want to make sure I get the stats right they had only scored 49 points in the second half total not this, not not the third quarter, not the fourth quarter. Total, this is an Eagles team that in this season so far had only scored heading into this game against the Texans forty nine points in the second half. A big reason why they didn't have to because they 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 just they kicked butt so great in the first half they didn't have to come out in the second half and put up a lot of points. So they played prevent D. They ran the football a lot, you know. They kicked field goals, uh, whatever the case may be. So. This was impressive that they actually came out and had a solid second half and played smart football, dominated time of possession, got some key turnovers, and won the football game, okay? Different than their makeup. Now, here's the remainder of the season. Um, so, obviously, a, a, a long work week, right, since they played on Thursday. Um so and and they don't play they don't play until the following Monday, so an extra long work week for them to get rested and to get healthy and, and all that good stuff. They're home against the Washington Commanders with Tyler Heineke. Tyler Heineke is Heineke. Yeah, they're starting. Yeah, Heineke is their quarterback. Weird last name. I try. <laughs> um then they go to the Colts, who now have moved on from Matty Ice, right? So they're taking on a Colts team. Then they're taking on the Packers, who trade deadline has come and gone, and Aaron Rodgers is still playing with a bunch of youngins. Uh, then they're taking on the, the Tennessee Titans. Who knows, at that point in time, you know, is uh, is you know is T- Tannehill going to continue to be the starting quarterback? I, I don't know. Chances are yes. I, who knows? But um, to me, and, and by the way, the Packers and the Titans are both in Philadelphia. OK? Now here's where it really gets interesting. Are they contenders, or are, are, are they pretenders, those New York football giants? So their first game is against the Giants in New York on December 11th, and then they're at the Bears, which, by the way, the Bears have gotten better as of late. Let's not sleep on they them.: They do
2: They look a lot better, they do.
1: Then they're at the Cowboys. They've already beaten the Cowboys once in Philly. Okay, I think that was opening night. No, was it? Mm, No, it was was not opening night. They beat the Cowboys 26-17 three weeks ago. And then they play the Saints at home, and then they finish the season at home against the Giants. So not a walk in the park, but not too grueling. It's not like they're going up against Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills, right? And the Ravens. It's, it's you know, commanders, Colts, Packers, Titans, Giants twice, Bears, Cowboys, Saints. I'm just throwing it out here. Would, I guess, would you lay it? 17-0. and 0. Yes. If you say yes, 10-1. to 1. 20-0, which means not only do they go undefeated in the regular season, but they win the Super Bowl, and you could get that at 25-1. to 1. Tyler, let's start with you. Are, are you playing that?
2: I'm foolish not to. I mean, their schedule bodes well for them. They get a break in the middle of domination, which, if anything, as far as a football team goes, should play in their favor. The only team that stands out as a potential threat to me is Dallas and that's going to require Dallas to stay healthy and keep on the path that they're on. I just don't see it happening only because of Dallas's track record over the last, I don't know what, 10 years at least. So, it's going to require a healthy Dak, it's going to require, you know, Pollard and Zeke to just really be on um yeah, I'm I'm going to bet it because it's favorable to me and that rarely ever happens. So, if I'm doing a 10 to 1 bet for Philly to go 17 and 0 I'm probably going to do it. Go the distance, maybe not. Although twenty-five to one is really appealing. But honestly, if I'm making the bet, I'd be silly not to.
1: Again, I, I jumped on this a few weeks ago at eighteen to one. It's not just it's not just the Eagles, but the Eagles, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas. Uh, just as a, as a division have, has the easiest schedule um, in regard to division by division. Uh, which which obviously bodes well. I, I just I feel like all the stars have have aligned so properly for this Philadelphia Eagles team. This I couldn't season. agree more. Yeah, and I couldn't agree so, more. Yeah. so so I'm on it. All right, let, let's bring you up to speed on uh, on what's going on with the uh, the World Series happening right now as I speak. Uh, it is bottom of the eighth. Houston is up three one. There are zero outs, and uh, we've got a runner on first. Montero is back in the game. If you recall, he did come in last night to help them seal the deal and tie up the series 2-2, two, two. but I want to say he pitched uh, 19 pitches, so they were able to go back to him in the bullpen, and, and he's just spectacular. So we'll see what happens here. Um, I have the under in this game. The under over was at 7.5, and, and I know a lot of people were playing the over because uh, it was Noah Syndergaard who has not been great as of late doesn't very doesn't go very deep into games um in fact you know the 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 perception was if he could just get through the lineup once and then them go to the bullpen that's a win-win situation for them and he was able to go further than that he actually went 3 innings gave up 3 hits 2 runs and had 4 strikeouts which is really good for Noah Syndergaard because he's not striking out anyone as of late his fastball now has decreased 3.5 miles per hour. He is not getting strikeouts. And this is a Houston Astros team that does not strike out often. So um, those are some really good numbers for Syndergaard. And now they're really deep into their bullpen, which does not bode well for them if they, co- if they of course, lose tonight. And Now you've got two more games remaining in Houston. So, again, the Astros are up 3-1. Bottom of the eighth, one out, man on first, and, um, and, and Philly's trying to make this a game. Of course, the energy is so electric there in, in Philadelphia. We'll see if they can do it. Um, this is a, a, my, I had a small play towards the, the Houston Astros on the money line, and you were able to get that at minus 155. Again, I felt the play tonight was the under, and here's why. Both these bullpens are outstanding. And my lean towards the Houston Astros was because I felt that they, even though both bull, bullpens are outstanding, I do believe that the Astros bullpen is, is better than the Phillies. And because they were both rested, and like I said, Montero pitched less than 20 pitches, and they were able to go back to him, which, of course, they did tonight. No surprise. Dude's got like a l- rocket launcher for an arm. Um, it's just unbelievable. So... I, if anything, I'm, I'm hoping that this under does hit, considering it's the bottom of the eighth. We'll see what happens. But you know, this is uh, again, this is uh, in, in this series. Now this is where it really gets interesting. I, and, and I know I ask you guys all this all, all the time. You know, did did you wager on this? Did you wager on that? I forget sometimes that you can't wager in LA. And I know you guys don't wager, but it's a habit of me asking. Hey, did you lay money on this?
2: Um, it's true. I
1: even ask my dog I even ask my dogs. Hey, did you?
2: I think do you I think wager on can. the over
1: under of how many dogs would come to the dog park today. And I if think they we can in like, LA nuts. now. I'm
2: not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure we can start laying, laying wagers in LA. I,
1: I hope so. You know, it's, 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 you know, stop being so 2000 and late LA. Sheesh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think you have to like, don't you have to like, you, should, you like have sign to, like, It's,
2: it's, there's a bunch of like apps that you can do it on now. You can do it on DraftKings. You can do it. on I think you can do it on FanDuel. There's a, a. Roto something I can't remember the full name of now. But there are there are apps out there that do let you wager on games for sure.
1: Okay. Well, if, if it lets you wagers, it wager on future uh, lets you wager on futures. So I, I like the Astros winning the, the World Series. And of course I'm betting with my head and not my heart because who you know, who in their right mind likes this organization outside of folks in Houston? You know, in and the Phillies are the the, the feel good story. Right? Like they're the better story. You know, this is a Phillies team. They were down and out. They fired Joe Girardi and um and, and now, you know, went on a tear, called up some minor leaguers, and boom, here we are. And they're in the World Series. Uh and, and they're a great fun team behind Bryce Harper and the crew to root behind and, and get behind, that's for sure. Astros, everybody thinks they're cheaters. Right? Garbage cans, bats in the dugout, like you know, tipping pitches. So you don't necessarily well, I'm not necessarily rooting for the Astros to win, but it's it's you know, so you've got to leave some when you're wagering, I always tell people when you're wagering or you're playing fantasy football, you gotta leave your heart at the door. Gotta leave your heart at the door. What are we gonna say, Tyler?
2: We got a three-two ball game, one out, runners on first and third. Philly is rallying at the bottom of the eighth inning.
1: Ooh, watch out. <laughs> So, um, (laughs) oh, I just, I just need the under to hit. I just need the under to hit. (laughs) Um, but so uh, we're going to go to a break on this. If the Houston Astros win tonight, their win probability, considering that they would be up three, two in the series, and they're going home for two games is 83%. If the Astros lose tonight, and they go home down 2-3 in the series, their probability of winning the World Series drops to 34%. Just FYI. In case right now, you wanna lay some money on the Phillies winning the series and you can get that at plus money.
0: This is Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by TISA. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Teza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TezaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN.
1: Anita Marks with you. Again, Bet L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. And uh, we're still bottom of the eighth right now. Uh, Houston is up 3-2 against the Phillies. It's two outs. Uh you've got uh you've got ducks on uh, on both corners on first and second. And um ooh this is uh this is this is coming down to the wire that's for sure. This is who you want uh, up. So though. I'm sorry.
2: This is who you want at the plate. Kyle Schwarber's up.
1: Sh- should we expect a Schwarber bomb?
2: A Schwar bomb, maybe.
1: <laughs> 1 and
2: 2, here should- we go.
1: Is is that what we should? Are, so, are you? Let me ask you: Are you rooting for anybody? Like, like, do, do you like the country? Just hate the Astros because because of their cheating ways?
2: Honestly, here's kind of my stance. I think the Astros deservedly have a bad rap, but I think that they also can get past it, and I think that L.A. will never let go. But I think as an organization. They can get past 2017 this season. Um, this team is really good. It's really deep. They've got a bunch of young guys. You know, I've mentioned it before. They lost George Springer. They lost Carlos Correa. They lost Garrett Cole. They have not missed a beat. And so, yes, 2017 will always cast a shadow on them. I think if they can pull off the win this year, 2017 immediately goes in the rear view. This team deserves it. They're, they're really deep. Their pitching core is tremendously solid. You know, they've got a young stud in Jeremy Pena. You've still got out Altu- Altuve out there balling. You've still got uh, Bergman out uh, Yeah, Bergman out there balling. Uh, Bregman, sorry. But I just think that 2017 can absolutely <clears> go in the rear view if they can pull it off this year. I would love to see the Phillies win. I love watching the city of Philadelphia celebrate. I'm kind of just rooting for both at this point. But if I'm going to lean one way or another, I'd probably still root for Philly for sure.
1: So the the bottom of the 8th just came to a close and and you said, you know, will 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 LA ever forgive the Astros? Probably not. Um I'll tell you I'll tell you the Yankees will never forget the those two teams hate each other. Now, here's another thing. Uh the 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 8th just came to a close. Um Schwarber hit a line drive like right down the first baseline and Mancini, did you, did did you watch? Did did you guys have on? Yeah. What an unbelievable defensive uh, catch he made and tag out on first. Mancini is a guy that they were able to get at the trade deadline. Yeah. They were aggressive and they were able, this was a guy that the Yankees wanted to get, but Brian Cashman is so protective of his, of, of his farm system because for him it's lock and reload. Let's stay relevant. Let's never do enough to win a World Series. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> I can't. I, I love. Can't.
2: I love to hear it. I hate to say it to you, but I love to hear a disgruntled Yankees fan. It just kind of.
1: Put, I'm. I'm not. It's, I'm an, not it's a little Yankee, nightcap I'm, for me. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like a little old fashioned. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, yeah, legs crossed <laughs> on the on the lazy boy.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Talk to me, Yankees fans. I,
1: I'm not, I'm not I'm not a disc, I'm not a disgruntled I'm not a Yankees fan I'm not a disgruntled Yankees fan I just I'm here you know obviously I'm here in New York and I I cover the Yankees and I cover the Mets and I host Sports Talk Radio here in New York and I hear it all the time. It's true. You know, like like Yankee fans are surprised. I won't use the word shocked, but surprised. Some are disappointed that they're bringing Cashman back, that they're bringing Booney back. I'm not. You know, I always tell people, if you're going to call into a radio show and you're going to demand somebody get fired, give me somebody who's, who's better. Right. If you're going to call in and you're going to say, Cashman needs to go. Okay, well, who's going to replace him? Tell me somebody who's better who's going to replace him. Booney needs to go. Okay, all right, who's going to replace him? Anyway, my whole point is, Cashman is was and is so protective of his farm system because it's like he just... He wants to continue to tap into the farm system where the Yankees will continue to be relevant for, for, for decades to come. But he's not willing to tap into it deep enough to deplete it so that the Yankees could win a World Series. Makes sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so here, th- th- and that play just came full circle. Mancini and that defensive play that we just saw happen very well could save this World Series for them. Entirely. That one play. Yeah, because and, r- and right Cashman there, if that ball goes not by willing, them, it's
2: a 4-3 and, ball game.
1: Right? And Cashman was not willing to go deep enough. And, and, and again, I just shared the numbers with you. If the Astros, and now it's the top of the ninth, Strohs are up 3-2. Um, if the Houston Astros go back to Houston winning this and going up 3-2 in the series, they have an 83% chance of winning the World Series as opposed to a 34. And a, and, a, a, and if, if it comes down to that, let me tell you something. That play with Mancini has to be one of the best plays in the series. One of the best plays in the series. Okay? And now um, you have a, a Houston Astros team... Uh, that, uh, that now... Look, are you are you seeing the replay here? Yeah. Yep. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Snagged it. You know? Unbelievable. So... And I feel bad. I know we're on radio. <laughs> You're not on TV. We're on radio. So, uh, you, you, uh, trust me, you will see the highlights tomorrow on ESPN. That's for sure. And I guarantee you, every Yankee fan <laughs> that's watching... Um, is dying right now and cursing Cashman out and, um, and I'm sure Cashman is possibly regretting, uh, not, not being more aggressive and trying to get Mancini and of course him ending up with the Houston Astros. Uh, quick break. We come back. Uh, we will, uh, let's, let's do this because there's so much I want to get to. I don't even know where to begin. um. But uh but let's let's do this. Let's come back and let's hear from uh let's hear let, let what do you wanna start with? You wanna start with the, the, the chargers or you wanna start with the bucks? I'll let you decide. You're a producer.
2: I'm gonna start with the bucks. I wanna talk bucks.
1: Okay. Done. We come back. Jenna Lane is going to join us. She does a phenomenal job covering the Bucks. She'll join us. We'll get some insight from her in regard to what's going on with the Bucks. What the heck is going on with Tom Brady? What's going on with this team? Warren Sapp calls them out on social media this week, Oof. and then we'll do an even deeper dive into this Rams-Bucks matchup and how to play it on Sunday. Sound good? Let's Sounds do great. it. Let's it is Bet it. LA. Need a marks with you. Seven ten. ESPN LA.
0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit tizaenergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN.
1: Welcome back to Bet L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. Anita Marks with you and a very dear friend of mine, Jenna Lane, who does a phenomenal job covering the Bucs. Joining us now to give us an in-depth preview of the Bucs. All right, Jenna, let's dive right into it. (laughs) This is a Bucs team. They're sitting at three and five. Uh, They've looked god-awful this season and could be sounding like a drama queen right now. I don't believe I am just because our expectations were uh, for them this season to be a lot better than this. Uh, Just I don't know. I don't know if we have enough time in the show. I, I mean, you know, tell us all the reasons why this team is three and five. I don't think you sound like a drama
3: queen, Anita. I'm right there with you. This is a team that had Super Bowl aspirations going into the year. This is all about Tom Brady and unfinished business and knowing this could very well be his last hoorah, considering he already retired once. So their expectations going into the year were sky high. They certainly tried to get better, and a lot of their deficiencies. And, and keep in mind, too, this season made a lot of the changes it made because of the way things ended last year, because of of their performance against the Rams. One of the reasons they, they went out and got Russell Gage and Julio Jones is because and that last game during the playoffs, the divisional round when they lost to the Rams at home, they didn't have any healthy receivers. Everybody had gotten injured. And then, of course, Antonio Brown had also walked off the field in New York. So they were trying to get better in that department. They tried to improve their secondary. Everybody remembers how that game ended with, you know, that final drive and Sean Murphy bunting falling down and, and Cooper cup with those two big games before Matt gay hit that field goal. So they tried to improve their secondary and they brought in guys like Keanu Neal, you know, they, they, they brought in Logan Ryan as well, a savvy veteran who may be one of the most intelligent players in the league and also one of their best communicators on defense. They made a lot of improvements based off of that game. They tried to, to improve their offensive line as well. I know they were uh, a little shorthanded without right tackle Tristan Wirfs. They didn't address the tackle position per se in the draft, but they did draft a, a second round left guard. That's pretty high for a guard position. They did that in Luke Gedeke. He just hasn't really performed up to par so far this year. and He's been dealing with a foot injury, but there's just been a lot of problems. And and speaking of that, that guard position, I'd say that a big chunk of the Bucks' problems really start with that interior offensive line. They just have not been protecting Tom Brady the way we've been accustomed to seeing the last few years.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, listen, I'm uh, not, this isn't a a dig at Tom Brady, although I do enjoy digging at him every now and then, like what we know about Tom Brady is that he needs that clean pocket in the interior because, you know, he's not out there running like a four, four, five or anything like that. So um, yeah, I I mean, obviously it begins and ends with the offensive line wide receiving core Julio Jones, Uh, you know, should he have retired? Uh, You know, I, I don't know. Um, but let's let's talk about this defense. I know Shaq Barrett now is dealing with an Achilles, so so he's out. Todd Bowles, of course, the head coach. I want to get to that in just a second, but more of a defensive-minded coach. But even this defense, especially as of late, um, has not been performing up to par. So what you know what Absolutely. what do you feel, yeah what what's gone wrong on the defensive side of the ball?
3: You know, it's bad when you have a Hall of Famer and Warren Sapp calling. Yep, a team captain out on social media which he did with Devin White and he wasn't calling him out for performance he was calling him out for of all things loafing it was uh I believe it was a first and nine play and the team was tied at 10-10 with the Ravens and he did not like the fact that White did not appear to be hustling we asked coach Todd Bowles about it he said he had no problems with White and that's been something that we've been asking a lot of guys in the locker room about are there loafs on this team? Do you guys hold each other accountable? Because, you know, something Leonard Furnett told me and it stayed with me is that you don't need to wear a C on your chest to be a leader. You don't need to be a captain to call guys out, hold them accountable, and be a leader. And so, you know, I'm really paying attention to who is doing that right now because that's what you need. And I can tell you this we tried to talk to Devin today and he had no interest in talking to the media. So he knows that he's been put on notice. But He's far from the only guy that, that hasn't performed to his best. And then, of course, you also have injuries, too. I mentioned Logan Ryan. You know, he's on injured reserve right now with foot injury. He just had surgery, and the hope is that he could hopefully be back to make a playoff push. If they can even get there, that's the thing. You don't even know if they're going to get back there. Akeem Hicks is a the guy they've really missed, not just in their run defense, but their pass rush, too. He's a, a big guy to try to stop when you pair him with Vita Vea. You know, he's, he's been out since week two with a foot injury. This might be the week that he comes back. He returned to practice last week, but it, it just was too soon for him. But wow. he's been in great spirits in the locker room, gotten healthy. Um, you know, he's, he's ready to step in and try to make a big impact. And they've also been shorthanded in their defensive backfield. Their top cornerback, Carlton Davis, he tweaked his hip against the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and has missed the last – two games. And and that's been big because he's the guy that you're putting on opposing teams, number one wide receivers. He's a guy that I'll tell you the defense, they stand a lot taller when he's on that back end, Sean Murphy bunting their top reserve corner. He's been out with a quad injury. So they're hoping and trying to get some of those guys back, but I'll tell you, Injuries can't be an excuse, especially when they faced the Pittsburgh Steelers team that was missing their top three cornerbacks and Mika Fitzpatrick and T.J. Watt and Kenny Pickett was knocked out after the first half of the game and Mitch Trubisky came in and won that game. And then the next week they, they play the Carolina Panthers, who had traded away Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson that week, fired their head coach two weeks before and beat them. So you can't use injuries or lack of personnel as an excuse. You can't do that in the NFL.
1: Jen Elaine joining us here on ESPN. Uh, as I said, Todd Bowles now the head coach. And in full disclosure, I adore Todd Bowles. Got to know him when he was here, uh, of course, in New York, and I, I always want to see him do well. But I just I feel with a team that is in this much this much flux, and and, and we haven't even touched on Tom Brady and his personal issues. Um, it, t- to me, I think this team would be better suited with a Bruce Arians. Uh, really whipping people into shape uh, as opposed to I, I know Todd Bowles is more of a, 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 a friendlier coach, uh, you know, a coach who's going to take somebody underneath their wing, protect them as opposed to hard love. That we, we understand how Bruce Arians likes to coach your, your thoughts on that and, um, and and Todd Bowles and, and how he's been handling the situation.
3: I share those same feelings as you do, Anita, as far as who Todd Bowles is as a person. I mean, there's guys in that locker room that'll tell you they'll run to a brick wall for him. And granted, as media members, we can't go that far because we do have to be objective. But he's a very likable person, and he's mm-hmm. somebody that you absolutely positively want to root for. I was thrilled that he got this opportunity. I, I, I thought that he, sh- he should have been a head coach and gotten another another shot after after his stint with the Jets. I think that he's done some good things, and you're right. His way is very different than Bruce Arians. Bruce is going to call guys out in the media if he feels like the message isn't getting through. You will not hear Bowles do that. At least he hasn't done that in Tampa. Instead, he's going to pull a guy aside quietly. They're going to handle it internally. That's more of his way. He's not going to blow up at somebody on the sidelines, although he will yell. I think that's kind of a misconception. He will yell if need be, but his way about him is, is just very, very different. And the thing is, um, any successful head coach will tell you this, and you know this as well, you got to coach authentically. So you can't be somebody that you're not out on the football field, right? Like Bruce Arians can't go out there and be a choir boy. You know he's going to drop some F-bombs, and and Todd Bowles can't go out there and scream his head off. It it, it just doesn't work that way. So um, it's important that they do it from an authentic place. And I, I think Bowles have done some good things, at the beginning of the year, I thought the defense had a swagger about it, about them. That was just, they they had such confidence and that was, the offense wasn't producing at that time. And you're like, man, this, this defense has really taken it up a few notches, but then they started losing guys. And that's when you really rely on coaching and not just personnel to put these guys in position to succeed. And then they started kind of having some gaps and communication and, you know, just a lack of cohesiveness, just not being on the same page. They cut back on penalties, but it seems like some of the little things, like 12 men on the field, or even not just defensively, but like overall, well, I should? let me just stick with defense since we were talking about defense. Guys just not being in the right gap, missing coverages on like day one install type stuff. If you watch that Pittsburgh game, I mean, it's inexcusable for Devin White not to have Najee Harris like where he did. I mean, that that was just so easy like that's that was his responsibility and and there's really not an excuse for it gas happen you know but that's more something you'd expect from a guy like Zion McCollum who's a rookie who gave up a touchdown you know two weeks ago against the Panthers that's something you'd expect from a rookie getting his first start not a guy that that wears a C on his chest so they just need to get back on the same page they need to communicate more they need to and I know this week they were trying to get back to fundamentals as well because they they feel like they were lacking in that department too. You, you can't miss tackles in the NFL. That sounds very basic, but it happens a lot. So that's another area they're trying to clean up. And they certainly need to do it this week because Cooper Cup's a guy that can make him miss a lot of those.
1: That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, now, uh, maybe we've just saved the best for last. I mean, my heart goes out to, to Tom Brady, right? Like, you know, especially his personal life has just been, you know, not just on uh, page six here in New York City, Uh, But but just publicly and, you know, the divorce, I I guess, you know, had word had uh, gotten out this week in regard to the divorce and and how that's about to be final, if not final already. So I I would imagine it's got to be very hard to come in and be a quarterback in the NFL uh, have that type of mental wherewithal uh, and cerebral aspect of, of what it takes to play the position when your whole personal life and your marriage is falling apart in, in the public's eye. I mean, what what has it been like covering Tom Brady this, this season, Jenna?
3: You're, you're so right about that too, because quarterback position requires such a singular focus and mm-hmm. it, it requires so much attention to detail. And you don't have a split second to not even a split second to think or, or you can't afford to second guess yourself and so much of it is, is predicated on preparation. I mean, remember Tom Brady before the Bucks won the Super Bowl, he had twelve days to himself in the house. Like I mean, a big part of that was also quarantining to make sure that they didn't have to worry about any illness or anything like that. But, you know, those were twelve days he spent really just locking in and, and focusing and, and that's the kind of laser like a focus he's applied to football, but it's tough, and, and I got to say too. After watching the loss against the Ravens at home Thursday night, he sat at his locker and he stared at the floor. and And I I messaged Blaine Gabbert and said, "Hey man, you're the teammate of the year," because he Blaine just sat with him the whole time, and they just talked quietly. And, and Brady just looked at the floor and was just like inconsolable. And you saw you know some of his teammates come over to him and pat him on the back. But I got to say. You felt like you were watching so much more than just the loss of a football game. And granted, you couldn't articulate it at the time because at that point it was only speculation. And and the divorce has been finalized. You know, they came out with it uh, on Saturday. But it it was just hard watching it. And, um, you know, I I give him a lot of credit because, like you said, the game requires so much of a singular focus, especially from that position. But this is a guy that's also. You know, he played a whole season and I talked to his Patriots teammates, you know, Julian Edelman um, was one of them. Um, They had no idea that that his mom had cancer that that year that that she had cancer when the, the Patriots won the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. They had no idea because he came to work every day and was the same guy. And, you know, I was talking to guys in the locker room today and it's been the same way. Um, I asked how is how is he doing? And and they said, you know, he's he's been the same guy. He's just been the same even keeled guy. But like Tristan Wurst told me today, he's like, you know, I'm I'm gonna love him and I'm gonna lift him up as, as best as I can and I'm gonna do everything I can to protect him and I know all the other guys in the locker room feel that way. And he was talking about protecting him not just physically, but also, you know, protecting him as a person his spirit and nobody wants to see divorce happen I was I was really sad to learn that I root for families I know how tough this business is uh, whether it's coaches whether it's players these families and and I I get it like people are probably rolling their eyes because oh wow you know it's the NFL and, and you know there there is a lot of money to be made and everything but money doesn't replace the fact that these families spend a lot of time apart and I mean I know tons of coaches and players who live in different cities as Than their their wives and their children, and that can really take a toll. Cole Beasley, that's the big reason why he decided after you know his short stint with the Bucks, he decided, you know what, I'm going to retire because he really wanted to spend more time with his family. He he had just decided he had had enough, and and he really wanted to cherish the time he had with his family. So, um, you know. I expect to see the same Tom Brady at the podium tomorrow as we've gotten all throughout the season. I think there's been times where he gets up there and I think you can tell things are weighing on him a little bit. Um, You know, where he looks a little bit more tired than usual. Um, But but he's doing his his trying his hardest to be the best dad he can be and the best football player he can be. And, you know, he took his kids trick or treating the other night. And I give him a lot of credit for this, too. You know, um, you've got joint custody with with wife Giselle, ex-wife Giselle. And um, you know the kids are bouncing back between Tampa and South Florida where she is. And I thought this was beautiful. Uh, one of the things they did this weekend was they handed out, they packaged and handed out meals to families affected by Hurricane Ian. And to me that just, when you feel like your world's falling apart, I think it, it gives you tremendous perspective when you can still do something for other people. Like you can still do kind things for other people. You may not feel like you have a lot to give, but in a situation like that, he certainly did, and it was his time. And I know it, it certainly impacted those people a lot.
1: Jenna, thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, really do appreciate it. Your insight. I, I know how well you cover this team, and, and we're really blessed to have you on uh, to give us some insight. As, uh, as of course, this Rams Bucks game is is going to be the premier four four thirty game uh, this coming week. Thank you, my friend.
3: Thank you so much, Anita. Always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jenna Lane joining us. Again, she does a phenomenal job. Tom Brady, 164 yards away from 100,000 passing yards. That will be celebrated. Will a win be celebrated? Of course, uh, we will all be tuning in to see the outcome of this one. All right, well, I want to thank Jenna Lane for joining us. Uh, great insight in regard to this box rams matchup. Uh, let's break it down when we get back. Again, Anita Marks with you here on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA.